Well, it is great to uh, be speaking again this week. It's been a long time, actually, since I've preached two weeks in a row, and uh, it's great to uh, be back again this Sunday. So, for this morning, you know, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you don't feel like you have what you need to finish a job? You know, maybe it's you don't have enough money to, to complete a task, or you don't have enough energy to complete a task, or you don't have the right tools to complete a task. It can be an incredibly frustrating experience. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we just, we just find ourselves in this place where we just don't know what to do. We don't know how to get the things that we need in order to, to continue on with something or to continue on uh, with uh, a job that we've got. I want to tell you a story. There was this story that I, that I heard about years ago, and, you know, someone a group of people, they decided that they wanted to help those that were hard of hearing in Africa. And so they raised money and they were able to buy a bunch of hearing aids and different, different tools to help people hear. And they went and they found rural communities in Africa where they went and they found people that, that could benefit from these devices. Children, older people, people that were struggling to hear. And they gave them these hearing aids. And it was incredible. When, they, when these people could hear for the first time, when they could hear clearly, and it was, they were joyful and thankful for what they were given. But, you know, years later, people came across these communities, and they'd go in the communities, and there were these discarded hearing aids. And, and people that had received them were no longer wearing them. And I was like, well, what was the problem? The problem was, is that while these devices were amazing, they had amazing technology, they were, they were the perfect thing that these people needed. In these rural communities, they had no access to the batteries that these hearing aids needed to continue powering them. And so once the power that was in them ran out, they stopped working. Didn't matter how great the technology was, it didn't matter how, how beneficial it was to them, without the source of power, they weren't able to, the, the hearing aids weren't able to complete the task that they were created for. Now, this was an oversight on the part of the people that provided them, well-meaning, but without the, the uh, understanding of, well, how are we going to be able to continue uh, giving these people batteries so that they can continue to be able to hear? You know, I look at this, and, and so often, though, there can be a comparison for us in the church where, you know, we, we come and we receive Christ and, you know, we're told about Christ and we receive Christ with this amazing joy, you know, and we maybe come to church and, and we start going to church and we, we're like, oh, this is amazing. Christ is going to change our life. But if we don't understand how to continually receive from Christ, if we don't understand how to stay connected to Christ, then quickly that, that, you know, going to church can become dry. Even reading scripture, if we don't understand to read, if we don't know how to draw from the spirit, if we don't understand that Christ is in us, then we suddenly, we find ourselves not really receiving. You know, we can find ourselves disillusioned. We can find ourselves with this thing that has form, but no power. Even worse, when churches just fall into religious patterns, where we start relying on our rituals, when we simply think that coming together and hearing a sermon and singing songs is going to be all that we need, we find that it falls really short. You know, that actually our lives are not changing. That what's, you know, the abundant life that we're meant to live in Christ, we are not actually accessing. And it's, it's so important that we understand this truth that Christ lives inside of us. 
You know, and we, we find this truth in scripture. And the book I'm going to read from today is Colossians. And I, I want to highly recommend that you understand the book of Colossians, that you read it to understand it. And you know, to understand it, I, I'm going to give you a really basic tool, the Bible Project. It's a website you can go to. They've got little short videos, you know, seven, ten minutes long that give you overviews of the different books of the Bible. And it's a great starting point to having to understand that Colossians was written as one story. It wasn't written as separate chapters. It wasn't, it was written as one letter to people. We've added these chapters in. We've added the little verse numbers in to help us be able to reference things better. But the people that got that letter, they read it as a whole. They read it as a complete story that was for them to receive. And this is such an important thing, and it's as we read scripture that we understand the complete story. So in, in Colossians, the first chapter, as we've called it, Colossians 1, you know, and in verse 27, Paul makes this statement. And he makes the statement, and he says, To them that God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Out of context, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But in context of the book of, of Colossians, uh, in this chapter where Paul, just before that, he talks about the fact that he is a servant of the body of Christ. And that, you know, he's chosen to lay his life down for the, for the body of Christ, which is the church. And that through the church, God is making this mystery known. This mystery that has been not known up until that point in time of history. And the mystery that he's making known to both Jews and Gentiles is that Christ is in us, that Christ is in us, that hope and glory, the message of the gospel, you know, the, the, what Jesus has done for us, that he died at the cross, that he rose again, he conquered sin and death. He reconciled us to the father. We have this amazing relationship with God and that God dwells now in us through Christ. He's actually in each and every one of us. That power source that we need, each one of us has. But we've got to know how to tap into this power source. So in knowing that, you know, in this, in this context where he says, to them, God has chosen, that is the church. To the church, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, those that don't know, don't know God, that don't know his ways, the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that hope of glory is the the glorious life that we're meant to live here on earth as it is in heaven. And the glory that we have in knowing that our life is now eternal. We will forever. We're not just living here on this earth, but we have an eternal life in God. Throughout the rest of the book of Colossians, you know, Paul just goes on and talking about the importance of how we live, the importance of the connection of Christ being made alive in us and how that's going to affect all our different relationships, how it's going to affect how we interact with God, how it affects how we interact with one another. And that's the reality of what we live in. We live in this amazing, incredible, supernatural relationship with God through Christ who chooses to dwell in us when we give our lives over to him. When we, when we get to Colossians 3, you know, in verses 12 to 15, here's what Paul says. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. 
Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Here's the incredible thing. If you take what Jesus taught us in, in, the, in the Gospels, you, know, you see the same theme, and it's about us loving one another. It's forgiving one another, living in unity with one another, living together. That the power of Christ in the church is in our relationships with one another. The power of Christ in, our, in, in us is our relationship with God. And us recognizing the forgiveness we've received from him. That this relationship that God wants and that he's done everything. He's done everything so that we can have it. We just have to receive it. And it says relate to one another the same way. You know, with the same fact that I was willing to lay down my life for you so you get a relationship with, with me. God says to us, he says, so also lay down your lives for each other so that your relationships will be whole and complete. Be thankful for those relationships. Be thankful for each other. Be thankful for everything that you have. You know, be patient with one another. Live at peace with one another. And it's, it's in this, it's in this place, this pe- a place of humility, this place of peace, this place of harmony where Christ dwells in us. Where, and I, I say that, he dwells in us regardless but we start to understand the manifestation of God. We really see God manifesting in us and through us when we understand how to live with one another, when we understand that we can go to God. You know, in that hearing aid story, there was an external battery that needed to be plugged in. And once that battery ran out of power, there was nothing that could be done. You know, we carry around mobile devices. We carry around phones. We carry around computers. We carry around iPads, tablets, whatever you want to call it. Each one of those things has a power source in it that has to be plugged in. It can recharge. We've all got rechargeable battery technology, but you've got to be able to get to a power outlet where you can charge, plug that thing in and it can receive power enough that it can continue to go on. And for each one of us, our relationship with Christ, we have that power source within us, but we've got to understand the importance of dwelling with Christ, you know, of just being aware that he's with us, being aware that he cares about every aspect of our lives. That power source is infinite power in each and every one of our lives. It's the power that we have to overcome sin. It's the power we have that helps us in our relationships with one another. It's the power that we have in knowing that the creator of the universe chooses to make his home within us. And that if that power is strong enough to create the entire universe, that any situation that we face, we have the power within us to overcome that situation. We're not operating on our own strength. We're not operating on our own ability. We're operating on the power of God. And it's that power that dwells in each and every one of us. Other times Paul wrote and he wrote and says that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So when we, when we talk about the supernatural, when we see that Christ, you know, he did incredible things and he said that we would do even greater things than him. We can believe that to be true, even if we're not experiencing it at this moment in time, because we know that that power source lives within us. So what are we to do? Well, one of the things is we've got to have our spiritual eyes opened. And we just ask God to do that. But it's the more we can accept this message that God actually loves us. You know, that he loves us. And because he loves us, that we are to love one another with his perfect love. 
Well, that's the first step to us really understanding the power of God. Because when we understand his love, then we understand why Jesus went around healing the sick, when he went casting out leprosy, freeing people from the demonic realm. Right? He did it because he loved them. He did it because of compassion. And it's for those same reasons that God's power wants to dwell in us and through us. It's out of his love and compassion for the world. That same love and compassion that we're to carry for one another. In the systems of the world, we compete. We compete. We say, they say there's limited resources and we've got to compete and make sure we've got enough. We compete for food. We compete for shelter. We compete for, you know, nice things. And, and that's the system that the world has set up. But the thing is that as followers of Jesus, we actually have this power in us that transcends that system. It's much bigger than that system. That we, God says, look, I, I can give you everything that you need. You don't need to compete with other people for it. You know, actually stop functioning the way the world functions. No longer conform to the patterns of the world, but actually be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You know, as, as followers of Jesus, the most important thing for us needs to be our connection with him. You know, the reality is that religious exercises are not going to do anything. He actually, Paul writes this in the book of Colossians. Where he goes, hey, look, don't, don't be caught off guard and don't fall into pat religious patterns where you think that fasting or some other, you know, mortification of your body is going to somehow, you know, be the thing that's pleasing to God. He even goes as far, and again, talking, which he talks about in a number of his letters, says, look, you know, before people used to get circumcised, they used to do this thing to their skin and they, and they did that as a sign, but you, you now have been circumcised of the heart. Those things are no longer have, they don't have any value anymore. And, and, you know, to be honest, without love, every song we sing, every sermon we listen to, every service we attend, every, you know, person we evangelize, it's actually has no, no value. It has no power. It's this thing of loving one another, forgiving one another, us truly understanding what God's done for us so that we can live from that place with others, that that's where the power of God is. And that's where the Christian abundant life is found. It's that easy yoke that says, actually, you don't need to worry. You really can trust God. A personal story in this. You know, if you are someone that's, you know, I sometimes get here from people saying, oh, you know, the churches talk too much about money. And today, you know, again, we do it every week. We, we talk about money. You know, it's been really interesting, though, for me in this season. For us as a church, you know, every, every church tool and technique that I've been taught over the years, you know, in terms of advertising, connecting with people, all these different things, the stuff that they teach you and how to be a good church leader, quote unquote, I haven't been able to do. I don't get to see you. I don't get to be with you. You know, we don't, we don't have a venue where we can invite people to, you know, we typically as a church would have had all these visitors every week coming and new people coming and we, we haven't been able to do any of that. And so by all the world standards, we should be financially in trouble. We should have difficulty, you know, by, by all the measures and the way the world would say things and the way when the church uses the world's patterns and conforms to the ways of the world, you know, the, all the things that they would teach, uh, we should, you know, not be doing too well. And I'll be honest, stuff like that used to stress me out a lot. You know, it used to stress me out about well, the quality of our video production, the quality of this, and we've got to put on a really good show. 
And over the season, over COVID, one of the things that God's taught me is that actually none of that matters without love. It, it, none of that matters. And in actual fact, we really can take God at his word. We can trust him. We can trust him that he will take care of every single one of our needs. We don't need to work ourselves to the bone. We don't, we don't need to, you know, go out there and try to grab everything we can because we might not have enough. And as a church, we don't have to use, you know, the ways of the world in order for God to provide and God's abundantly provided for us in this season. It's probably been our best. It is. It's been the best year we've ever had. You know, we've ever had. And yet we've, we've been able to do or not. We haven't been able to do any of the things that we're told we're quote unquote supposed to do. And it's been life changing. It's been, it's been faith changing for me. And realizing that it's actually, it's truly, I'd say, you know, it's something that God's been teaching me for years. But it's come to this whole new revelation that it's actually not me building the church that it really is Christ and he will take care of his church. And I say that to you because it's not just his church he takes care of. His church is people. His, his care is not for Lifehouse as an organization that is meaningless to him at the end of the day. The only thing that matters at Lifehouse is the people. You know, it's the people that make up the church. And, and I share this with you because he cares about you. He cares about your life. You know, he cares about your needs. He knows what you need. He knows how to help you. The thing that he cares most about, though, is not about what you physically need in the world. He'll give you everything you need in this physical world, but he'll also hold it back from you if you prioritize it. You know, the more priority we put on the things of the world, then the less we're able to truly tap into the riches of the kingdom and the more we're, less we're able to really understand that abundant power that lives inside each and every one of us. And this father in heaven that cares so much about us. You know, when, we, when we'll surrender, We'll say, God, I truly trust you and I'll do things your way. I'm not going to conform to the patterns of the world anymore. What I want to do is actually learn how to truly live, you know, seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness in every area of my life. Doesn't mean we stop working. It just means that we do our jobs truly with a kingdom perspective. It doesn't mean we have to evangelize and preach at every person in the workplace. It means that we live the very principles that we're to live, you know, that of the kingdom, that of patience, kindness, goodness, forgiveness, gentleness, perseverance, self-control, that we live those in our workplace as much as we live them in the church. That we put the values of rest and seeking God and putting his kingdom first into our lives so that our jobs don't dominate our world. But though what dominates us in everything that we do is Jesus, that he is the supreme authority over every aspect of our lives. It's, it's when we're in this place that we truly will begin to see the power of God move in, through each and every one of us, you know, that we'll start to experience it in our families in a whole new way. And I've been having some amazing conversations with people in the community where in this time, you know, where they've seen just the investment of them, the investment they're making in their family and their children just by being present, you know, just by, just by spending time with them, by pointing them to Jesus has, has been way bigger than anything that they've experienced in many decades in the church. Why? Because suddenly their priorities got, got retuned to God and those relationships that are most important around them. Sermons are not going to change your life. You know, me, me talking this today, I hope that God's able to use the words that I'm bringing to you in order to make an impact. But the impact of these words is only as important as what you take and receive and apply and live. 
I can't, I can't talk you into being forgiving. I can't help you, you know, to be more patient or to be more kind. But Christ who dwells within you can. And in any area that you struggle with, if you struggle with trust, then tell God. He's not, he knows already. Open yourself up to that. Tell others as well. There's this amazing thing of, of truth in scripture where we're to confess our sins to one another and us being open. Those people can't help us. What we do is we bring things into the light and those people can, when we open things up into the light and we don't say like, I'm struggling to trust God or I'm struggling with this thing in my life. I'm struggling with, with fear about not having enough money. I'm struggling with whatever it may be. When we're open and honest with those things, then God can really come in <laughs> to those situations. And as a community of people, if we truly are a loving Christ-centered community, then we should be able to confess anything to those closest to us in that community. Doesn't mean we need to broadcast every sin, you know, to everybody, but to those closest to us, we should be able to talk about the things that we're struggling with so that the enemy doesn't have chains in our lives and that we can truly live the abundant life. Remember, that power source is Jesus. He dwells within you. If you've given your life to him, he dwells within you. He's not distant. He's not far away. He doesn't leave when you sin and come back when you're good. He's with you always. He's always there with you in everything. He knows it all already. And he is just wanting to be Uh, that source of everything in your life, that you would trust him with every decision. You would trust him with every aspect of your life. And so I pray for us as a community that we wouldn't be trusting in anything except in Jesus. And that because of that, we would be more loving. We would be more generous. We would, we would be able to truly live the abundant life knowing that God is the source of everything that we have. That's all I have to say. Uh, Lord, I pray that, that each and every one that hears these words today, they would simply be hearing from you, that your, your life would become that much stronger in each and every one of them. Lord, I thank you for your incredible and amazing love. And Adam, wherever you are, I pass it back to you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Great word, James. Thanks for bringing that to us this morning. And thanks, Abby, for leading us so well. And thank you guys for joining us. And whether or not you're watching us now or later on in the week, uh, we pray that you are blessed, that you have a great week. Come back and join us next week. Life groups are still running, so please get involved with life group or young adults as well are still going on. There's still lots of things that are going on in the week that you can stay connected. Um, obviously, they're on Zoom. But uh, please reach out, info at lifehouse.ca or through the website. We'd love to hear from you. And we pray that you have a great week. God bless you. Bye-bye.